What's up, guys? Jason Payne, your host of the Sexy Business Status Podcast. I am here with one of my good friends from junior high days, definitely high school days, but even junior high back to, uh, you went to Gilbert Junior High. Yep. I went to Greenville Junior High. Yeah. Played basketball against each other. Colby Weedog, Jeremiah Butler, the uh, <laughs> service managers, whatever you call the, 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 the manager guys. Um, and you guys were over there. And then obviously you grew up with my wife. So this is uh, this is my my buddy James McCabe, and uh, dude James, thanks for being here. Uh, appreciate you um, saying yes to, just to come on, and we've been, we've been in touch here, and then we have mutual friends and whatnot, and still we're still Gilbert, Gilbert boys through and through, yeah. right? Say yeah. however you want, and uh, and like I said, you know my my wife longer than I've known my wife. Yeah, crazy enough that I'm saying that out loud, um, but thank you for being here. No, thank you for having me. Like the. I am learning more and more about the value of stages and, you know, you've created a big social media following and it's been a big part of your business and your life. I, I need to learn some of that. And so any opportunity to learn from some of that and share a little bit about what's going on, I appreciate it. So thanks for yeah, having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So we were talking uh, for almost an hour off, off uh, camera before we press record about other events and things going on in our lives and family and and uh, businesses and whatnot. But one of the things I was talking to James about is the power of being on social media. People and I'm LDS and the, the negative stereotype that kind of just bugs the crap out of me is they're like social media is bad and screen time is bad. I'm like, it's bad if you use it in a bad way, right? Like a car is bad if you run over somebody or if you drive drunk, but it could also be used to, take your grandma to the grocery store or to the temple or to whatever. Like, I feel like it, it's anything can be used. Uh, like Daniel Fleshman talked about this, a multi-million dollar device. He's like, what's the, he's like, what's the most powerful thing you, you own? And he pulled out his, pulled out his freaking iPhone out of his pocket and in front of 1,261 people last weekend, holds it up and said, this is the most powerful piece of equipment that I own. Yeah, he's, I, I agree. It's, it's crazy. And so as, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, what could I do to help change people's lives? What can I do to help leave an impact? And the lessons that I've learned, right, from you have mentors, I have mentors. And I'm like, what can I do and how can I share it? Because I feel like what I don't want is to go meet my savior and then be like, dude, the, the parable of the talents, right? Five, two, one. Literally taught this in Sunday school. I teach Sunday, Heidi and I teach Sunday school together. Yeah. Literally, so you say five, two, one, five doubles it, two doubles it. Think, think of this, not the spiritual side of things, but just like the math part of it, right? So five doubles, it gets 10, two doubles, it gets four, one buries it. And he comes back. It's like, what'd you, you know, your seeds, how'd you guys do? He's like, awesome. Awesome. What the crap, right? For reader's digest version. He's like, dude, he's like, peace out. And I, if I recall correctly, he takes the one and gives it to the dude that got 10. So like, he's like, no, this guy, you know, did something with his, with his life. Not that in a mean way, but like he took advantage of it. And so the guy that he took it away from, give it to the guy with 10. And I'm like, I, I feel like I was given a voice. I was given an opportunity to bless the lives of others, whether it's, you know, being the Ed Milet and blessing millions of people or, or Grant Cardone trying to get to 7 billion or mother Teresa or Martin Luther King or whatever that looks like for me. I don't know. But I do know is that I learned from other people and I don't get to talk to Sean Whalen on the phone every day. And I don't get to talk to Ed Milet or Bradley or 
Russell M. Nelson. But guess what? I get I get to see them and their content on social media every as much as I want. There's hundreds of hours of content from these people. Daniel Fleshman's of the world. Uh, Ryan Stuman, shout out to Ryan, just through an amazing event, right? Um, but I'm like, what can I do to help other people, and especially in the entrepreneurial space? And I'm like, that's that's how I had, that's how I started coaching. I literally had somebody say, I went live, true story. I went live, and then we'll go to my dad and Dave Ramsey in a second. All right. I went live, this is Ju- uh, January of last year. So we're in June of 22 right now, or 23, January of 2022. Nick Trevelyan, my business partner, my buddy, right, throws uh, throws a mastermind in uh, Coronado Island, San Diego. And so we go there, and he's like, will you be the keynote? And I was literally was like, Hey Siri, what's a keynote? I'm like, yeah, dude, not a problem. So sorry, true story. I was like, hey Siri, what's a keynote? And um, like the main speaker. And I'm like, oh. I was like, yeah, sure. And he's like, tell about your roofing company or growing it. And at this time, at this point, I've only done like seven million in revenue, but in two years, right? So we're kicking butt. And so I go over there and uh he's marking me up and we're taking pictures, like just catching the moment. And he's like, you need to go live and just like tell what's on your heart and just tell the world like what's going on. I'm like, okay. And Nick Trevelyan is like the king of lives. I think he goes live at least once a day for the past like 15 years. Like since Facebook had live, like he's, that's what, that's his jam. I don't do a lot of lives, but he's like, go live. So I go live. And this guy, another roofing contractor here in the Valley, um, he's like, dude, he's like, I've been following your content. He's like, I had no idea that you were a speaker. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's like, yeah, it was like, here's my fee to be on stages. Never like, you know what I mean? Super funny. And he said, hey, can I take you to go get a burrito at Jalapeno Bucks? You don't know Jalapeno Bucks? Absolutely. And I'm like, okay. So I go there, and he's like, hey, I want you to coach me. He's like, at a 1.6 million, depressed, suicidal, rough rough times, not seeing anything, just kind of stuck. He used the word stuck. I love the word stuck. A lot of us get stuck in our marriage, stuck in our relationships, stuck with our income, stuck with our personal development, and we need someone to kind of unstuck us. Because once you get stuck, it's really hard to unstuck yourself, right? Whatever that looks like. And so I said, sure. I was like, I don't know what it looks like. And literally was, I didn't have a website. I didn't have an LLC. I didn't have a business. He literally said, will you coach me? He's like, you did seven. I did 1.6. Show me your ways. And I was like, sure. So I said, throw me a couple bucks a month and we'll, we'll roll. Fast forward 12 months. We, you know, does over $4 million. Changes life. I just saw him at Disneyland. He goes to Disneyland like every freaking month right now. <laughs> Love it. Nothing makes me happier. Uh, new cars and new house and just loving life and kicking butt. And I was, and then another person came and another person came and another person came. And so, but I had never met him before. And that's the crazy part. It's like, I had never met the dude, shook his hand. He knew who I was mutual competitors in the roofing industry in Arizona um, or friendly competitors in, in, in Arizona. And that, but that was it. But because of social media, Facebook, Instagram, you know, whatever, I was able to help him or show him the way to become the best. I always talk about become the best version of yourself and reach your true potential. And talking with you, I'm like, dude, James was like, dude, you have a voice, man. You have all this knowledge. You have all this experience. You have all it going from your flooring to real estate. And we'll get into that in a second. But I'm like, you just, you just need to share it. You just need to press record, grab the red button and just, you just go bink and throw it out there. Because I, one, I would love to see your content. I would love to hear your story. But sometimes we don't think it's cool. We don't think it's going to work. Uh, some people like want to monetize it immediately or at all. 
And I'm like, dude, just freaking press record. I was like, we do that. Sun's game, the masters, you know, like you do do it when it's almost like not like a cool status, but like, dude, I'm like four seats, a uh, uh, son's playoffs or uh, so the few things that I have seen your beautiful wife and your kiddos and, uh, and whatnot, uh, splash, you know, splash parks or mountain, uh, water parks and stuff. But I'm like, apart from that, the personal side of you and the business side of you, like people could literally learn from your experiences and become better because of you. So now that I've said that, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, there's a part of this and it might sound familiar, but you know, you know, like a, a social media reel, reel, and there was a voiceover, and I don't remember what the video was, but it was like, disappear for two years, like disappear, become a monster, like, you know, keep your head down, don't get distracted, don't do anything like that. So, I took some of that. Well, then you pick your head up a few years later, and it was like, hey, it just said for a little bit, for a season, you know, like sure. get locked in and get focused. And for whatever reason, I've just never, uh, you know, like I've just never flipped the switch, like pure intentions to go do so. I believe I document experiences as much as anyone I know. Mm. Like we hang out together. I'm going to take a picture today. Like, you know, like I've got all the content in the world. I just keep it to myself. It's right yeah. here. It's just it, locked away. It you stays know? in your camera roll, right? I yeah. even have right now currently a full-time employee that, you know, gathers content and has come on this and done this with it. I've just never quite done anything with it. And, you know, I've got some good people in my life. And, you know, like I've got a buddy, Tyler. He owns a multifamily real estate company. And he's ma is amazing. You know, like the what you guys have the ability to do. I don't feel like I have a shy bone in my body. Like... I could talk to any stranger. I can talk in any scenario. Like I spoke on my first stage, you know, they had right. over 1500 people there, like not an ounce of nerves, you know, like if there's five people or 5,000 people doesn't really affect me. I feel like you guys are ballsy to like hit <laughs> record and it's just you alone. I'm almost more nervous in a, in a room alone than, you know, on a stage. And so maybe that's a little bit of a hold back, but yeah, like I have been extremely grateful for everyone that creates content and i mean that like it doesn't mean that i agree with everything they're saying it doesn't mean that that's how i would do it if i were them or whatever it may be but like sure. man i'm appreciative of the whatever you'd like to call it the grind the intent the message behind it the uh you know commitment also you know like yeah, yeah there's a real commitment to whatever it is you're doing, your business, you know, like, uh, you know, we're talking more business stuff today. Like for you to go and do that, that's a commitment to your family, your employees, like your vision, like there's some intention behind it and I, I respect it and I hope to get better at it. Yeah. So it's crazy because those that don't do it, most of them say they're like, dude, that's ballsy or like, dude, like that's a lot of, that's a lot of effort and a lot of time. And it is, but in return for what? Because I'm not stupid with my time. I value my time a ton. I'm either with my wife or my kids or building one of my two businesses right now. Um, and then real estate in the future and, and all that. But with me, it's like being, it, people think it takes time and whatnot. But like, like you said, all you have to do is have somebody take your phone. And Daniel Fleshman taught this 
flawlessly a week ago in, in, in Texas. And he's like, you already have, remember back in the day, Gilbert High 05, Tiger Pride, hoorah. Um, <laughs> he literally had an eight, uh, like back in the day, the, the, the Tyler, Tyler was on my, uh, my podcast, right? Tyler Farnsworth. Yeah. Right. Video, video, just guru. The big eight, 10, those things cost like eight or 10,000 bucks. We call them the bazookas. Those big, huge cameras, right? And they're just like, nowadays, your phone is 10 times better than that thing. And it's only 150 bucks a month. And it's on your phone. Where do you go that you don't take this? You take it to the pool. You take it to the gym. Like you take this thing every, you take this thing more places than your wife and your kids combined. And so I said, one, you already have the camera with you. Is it's already built in. He's like, it's not built into the phone. It's already built into you because you carry this thing with you everywhere. Just in your pocket. He's like, that's number one. Pull it out of your pocket. And then number two, he said, you, you're already doing the thing. I was like, what do you mean the thing? He's like, you're already golfing with your buddies. You're already doing that real estate deal. You're already on top of that roof. You're already doing that business audit. You're already doing the thing. What are you doing at the gym? He's like, but you just don't. He's like, and he said, every once in a while, pull your phone out and press record. Pull your phone out and take a picture. And the, the, the juggernauts of the world say, uh, Daniel just says, he's like, dude, just once a day. He's like, post once a day. He's like, that's 365 posts a year. And it's crazy that he says that because I'm at like 5,500 posts. True story. But I started in January of 2010. My uncle, my cousin said, uh, Ed Milet said this on our stage in January, InstaFace, right? With the waffles and the, that whole story. But he's like, Instagram, Facebook back in 2010 was not like the thing that it is now. But I said, I was like, dude, like, we got to jump on this and get into this and do this and whatnot. And they're like, no, it's dumb. It's not going to work. Forget it. And I'm like, okay. So I started it, Jason the Roofer, January of 2010. True story. Boom, 5,500 posts later. 55 freaking 100 posts. And I wasn't even intentional about it the first 10 years, to be honest. Yeah. But still, it's like 5,500 posts. Like, how do you ever get there? And I'm like, dude, one a day is 365, right, times 10 years. That's 3,600, and I'm at 13 years. That, that, that's literally, I mean, on average, I li- once a day, once a day, seven minutes. That's all it is. Yeah. To get in there, like... 5,500, this dude's a G, he's so good. He's like, the practice, it also, it's not hard, it's just practice, right? You play basketball. You're yeah. just a freaking free throws over and over. The You know, I study uh, Tim Grover and and MJ and Kobe, and and they're, what they did is like, they didn't, they weren't Steph Curry practicing, you know, three-quarter shots. I mean, Steph Curry literally pra- shoots hundreds of those a day, which is crazy. But back in the day, Kobe and, Bri- and Michael didn't go past half court, at least that I, that I know of. But, you know, just the, the, the free throw, the layup, right, the alley-oop. The, you know, the, the, the eight foot J and the power of doing that, it, it has a compound effect, right? It's not just that one post because people will go through and they'll watch, you know, dozens of your con- pieces of your content every single day. And so back to Daniel Fleshman, you talked about you, you already have a multi-million dollar phone and camera in your pocket. So you're already taking it with you. You're already doing the thing. He's like, all you need to do is document it which you are documenting it, but then you just <laughs> got to put it out into the universe. Yeah. So that's the disconnect, right? Is you got to just put it out into the universe. And some people like, some people feel uh, like a con artist. Some people feel like imposter syndrome uh, just by interviewing and talking with people. They, they feel like they're bragging or like other people are not as well off as you are. And so they don't want to like throw in people's face. Um, 
there's all these reasons why not to. But, um, and like I said, I, I, I gave a speech that I got a lot of backlash in church for because I said, social media is amazing. I think every single kid should be on it every single day. And like the stereotype at church from the podium, the exact opposite, put it away, read more books, this and that. And I'm like, I didn't say don't read books. I've, I have 150 audibles on my phone. I, I do that an hour a day, every day, religiously, but I'm like, use it for good. Use it for inspiration. Zig Ziglar. This dude was inspirational. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you don't need inspiration every day, but it's like, he's like, it's kind of like taking a shower. He's like, you, you know, you just need to do it every day. He's like, it's, it's not as money. It's not as important as air, but he's like, uh, it's, it's like a number two, you know, <laughs> type yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. So it, all the, all these things coming together. And that's, that's what Daniel Fleshman talked about. He said, cause Daniel Fleshman, you, you've seen his content. If you pay attention to Daniel Fleshman's content, just tag him on this reel that uh, we're going to make here. When you see him speak, he spoke at Kent Clodier's mastermind. I'm in his mastermind in Florida. He's doing a scale and escape summit. And he put on one of Kent's hoodies, his boardroom hoodie, and went out and interviewed A-Rod. <laughs> like he was wearing Kent's hoodie. Like he was literally selling them or giving it away if you bought his membership or his mastermind. Yeah. And he does that. Well, I, I, so I pay attention of who's rocking their brand 24-7. Andy Versella, first form, seven days a week. Eat, sleep, drink, pajamas, man thong, whatever you name it. It's it's first form, like all day, right? Lion's not sheep. Sean Whalen, you'll never see him not wearing something Lion's not sheep related, ever. Um, Daniel Fleshman never, like, I don't even know if he has, like, a, a brand brand, but he has all the Kardashians in his phone, A-Rod, like, all these mess, the Ryan Stumans of the world, these big nine- and ten-figure earners, Ed Milet's, they're buddies. What's up, Ed? How are you, man? Like that type of relationship. No, no, no brand. But his personal brand gets him everything. Mm. And he said, that's how he said, that's that's what it does. Is it, he talks and I, I don't have it written down. I do have it written down, but not in front of me. But it talks about the four different ways of of doing content. He said something interesting, something educational, something that'll make you laugh. And I forgot what the fourth one is. But one of those, take a note. There you go. But one of those, one of those four things is that make someone laugh because there's comedians. And so I'm in Frisco, Texas at this event. It is a seven minute Uber from the venue, Comerica Theater or uh, arena where the event was to the Dude Perfect office. You know, we all know who Dude yeah, Perfect yeah. is. Yeah. Right? Dude Perfect, zero value, zero education. There's just not 1000% entertainment. That's all it is. And they're trick shots and they're fun little, you know, games. It's entertainment, right? Comedians, zero value, zero education. It's entertainment. And I'm yeah. like, okay, so make people laugh. It's like, if you make people laugh, they will watch your shit. They just will, right? Uh, something uh, entertaining, not necessarily the laugh, but something um, interesting, he says. So something interesting, like some people will throw up, uh, who's the comedian just throws up everything that's like the trend that's going, he'll do, he'll flip it on purpose. Grant Cardone did that perfectly when uh, he said he's filing for bankruptcy when the elections were happening because all the, all the attention, Sean Whalen did that same thing. All the attention was going and going and going to, to Trump and to Biden during the, the, and he's like, let's throw something in there. Hey, I'm filing bankruptcy. So Billy Jean interviews him and they like totally, it was hundred percent BS, but like it took away 
that it was very interesting. Like, wait, Grant Cardone's, uh, you know, with the with COVID and the pandemic and all that stuff. Like, Grant Cardone's filing bankruptcy and letting people off. He's like, ah, yeah, right. He's like, I just got a commas and zeros in my bank account. Thanks, guys. And Sean Whalen, uh, when he his whole Chinese thing, uh, where he had, you know, he had like five or six different patents or whatever. He had four out of five. He didn't know that the fifth one was like a thing. It was two years before he got into it. And so he had four out of five. And so they're like, Sean Whalen and Lions Not Sheep, they're not American make. It says made in USA. And one out of the five things that he didn't even know. And he had to pay like a $200,000 fine. Well, he posted that to his feed, crashed his website. <laughs> Record setting, true story. Record setting sell. He has a podcast on it. Record setting sales and crashes website because he, he took something interesting that like all the bash and whatnot. And he, instead of defending himself, he's like, watch the link. So there's all these people that would never come to his website, never looked at his stuff, never absorbed it. And he posted the link, crashed his website, record setting sales for his swag. Just gangster, right? And, um, and the other part is educational and, you know, adding value. And so that, that's what I love is I love just giving free nuggets over and over and over again. And, um, I think there's a huge opportunity, right. From, from the real estate side, from, you know, you, you sold a business for you know a couple bucks. What does that look like? People, people want an exit. People don't know how to exit. Uh, the baby boomers, like my dad and my uncle that are, you know, in their sixties and their seventies looking for an exit. People don't know how to exit a business. I don't know how to get max that they, they don't own EBITDA. What's an EBITDA, right? Like what's, uh, Oh, you can sell it for three or four X. Like what's, what's the X or what do you mean? Three or four X. What does that mean? And you can literally just a five, 10, 15 minute. We'll go into podcasts right now. Like podcasts are amazing. Why? Cause this is gonna be a 30 minute, 40 minute, uh, podcast that will stay on that people can watch. They go on a walk, they go to the gym, they can listen to our podcast for 30 or 40 minutes. Well, I have an editor, Dakota, shameless plug to Dakota does all my media stuff for me. He'll send me 10 or 15 reels back from this. He'd give me 40 if you wanted to. He's like, for every minute I can get you a 30 second reel. Wow. And he's like, for X number of dollars a month. And so I ask him for 10 each. So anything over 30 minutes, he'll give me 10 reels. I literally send this to him. It's directed my, it's directly connected to my Dropbox. He gets it. I don't even think he edits it. He sends it out to somebody else to edit it, but he knows exactly how I want it. Sends it back. And in 72 hours, a week at the most, I get 10 reels and a fully edited podcast. And all I have to do is take it out of the Dropbox and post it <laughs> to Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Right. But that's it. But like, you and you and I talk every six months, maybe every three months, yeah. right? At best, and even yeah. then, it's it's running to you in the gas station. Uh, our, our buddies are hosting an event or a pool party or whatever church, something church related. And we see each other, say hi, catch up, and, and we roll. Yeah, golf course, and but you know, and then this isn't like bragging, but like you know, ten x more about me and my life and my journey, and I know about one x of yours. But the crazy part is that you have, and I just factual, I know this because I'm not an idiot. You have more commas and zeros behind my journey in the past 10 years than I do. But like, because I've, because I've been vulnerable enough and humble enough and willing enough to document the journey in the process, I have exposure to, now I got Ed Milet on my stage, Bradley, Sean Whalen. And by the way, I only paid Brad, I only paid Ed Milet. Everybody else we didn't pay. Wow. Uh, I take it back. We paid for flights and, and this and that. Yeah, Aaron yeah. Wagner, right? You know, Wags. Yeah. Uh, like all those guys, right? But because I was able to pace Morby, you got to know pace, right? Yep. Sub two. Lives, yeah. He lives down the street from us yeah, in Mesa. Yeah. Yeah. And, but same thing. Like he's been, he's on the real estate game just like you are. He has a freaking TV show. Why? 
because the effort presses. I mean, now he has a, a whole you know team that follows and presses record, but he's pressing record 24-7, even his personal stuff, him and his wife and his kids. And pressing record over and over again got him that attention to where now him and his business partner, right, Jamal, they're, they now have a TV show. And he goes anywhere in the country and be like, hey, we're going to have a meetup, less than 24 hours notice, enough two, three, 500 people show up. And they're all of his, they're all of his community. He's like, I don't have, he just talked about it yesterday. I don't have a, a coaching. He's like, coaching is going to be gone in two years. He's like, uh, you know, coaching programs are going to be gone. He's like, well, you don't have one. No. Do you have a, do you have a, a, a course? He's like, no, I'm a course. He's like, what do you have? He's like, I have a community. And I was like, okay, interesting. But pace, well, that's what pace says. If you want pace to speak on your, um, on your podcast, I forgot what the number is. I don't want to butcher. It. It's either five. It's, it might be five hundred pieces of content, or like you have to have some sort of recognition on social media. So people, people like Google's not a thing anymore. LinkedIn, LinkedIn is what it is. But like people will stalk you based off of your Facebook and Instagram. People coming to speak on my stage have stalked me. What does this dude do? They didn't go and watch all fifty five hundred posts. Two thirds of them are roofing, right? Like, especially before the whole coaching thing came about. Yeah. So, and that's, that's kind of how I feel is, but they, they vetted me. They're like, this dude's active on social media, has followers, um, you know, and does, you know, is, is he actually have a business or is he just a dude that just hosts podcasts? I'm like, no, he's, he's, you know, he's got an eight figure business. And so by doing that, I just feel like the opportunity, uh, do you know, Pete Vargas, yeah. To next stages. We were, I was with Pete yesterday. Are you serious? Yeah. He lives here too. He's in Scottsdale. Yeah. yeah. And dude, like I've taken this, I, I bought his stages again. I've done it twice. I'm going to do it a third time. Um, we talked about OPS, other people's stages right now, right? Guys, pay attention that are listening to this. I just gut instinct. Who should I invite? James McCabe came on my radar. Why? I don't know. Cause he did. And so I was like, James comes like, okay, cool. Comes in. Now, James is going to be affiliated with me because I'm going to ask you to collaborate on one of my posts. You're going to accept it, hopefully, right? And then James is now always affiliated with me, right? Forever. Yeah. Because of, because of that collaboration. Well, guess what? My 10 or 15,000 followers and all my community now from this podcast are going to say, who James McCabe? Because I have all these episodes on my podcast, James McCabe. They're going to go to Instagram. They're going to search and they're going to go to James McCabe. What are they going to see or not see? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's, that's the power of it. But like, you know, Pete Vargas, he does his, I've been to every growth con and Pete's the only one that's spoken on the past four in a row, apart from Brandon Dawson. Once he hooked up with Grant, Brandon and, and Pete are the only ones that have been on there. And he shows all the stats and everything. He literally brags about it. How he's made tens of millions of dollars in revenue from Grant stages. Grant spends millions, seven to 10 million per event to throw it. And Pete hops up for 60 minutes, jams, cranks it out does a call to action and makes millions of dollars from Grant's stage. Other people's stages. The other part that I learned from Pete is when we talk about stages, we think of stages as um, a, a, an actual platform, right? An act, like an amphitheater, uh, something that you have to step onto with a mic and talk to an audience of people. Last time I checked, we're, this is the floor, right? Yeah. But this, this is a stage. A podcast is a stage. What I didn't realize they're like, dude, you've been on stages for years. I'm like, what are you talking about? Facebook and Instagram is a stage. Mm. But we think of stages as, what do we think of? A platform, something you get up on and all the lights and the shininess and the lapel and all that crap. No, Facebook and Instagram is a stage. Apart from the actual stereotypical stage that we think of, a podcast 
in my opinion, probably one of the most impactful stages because how many times can you say, hey, I want you to come sit with me for an hour and just talk? Very few people, one, you value time just like yeah. I do. Yeah. Very few people will say, yeah, come to my house and just shoot the bull for an hour. Unless it's like your kid's birthday party or something. And even then, right? And like undivided, phones away, kids away, wives away, businesses away, undivided attention for 30 minutes to an hour. Like, where can you get that? Yeah, not a whole lot of places. Not a whole, but like I press record and you talking to that mic for an hour and let's roll, right? And then you now get to, I now get to be attached to you and your following and your community, like Pace talks about, and all of your followers. Because if it once you, and, and Daniel Fleshman talked about that is uh, tagging somebody versing, versus inviting them as a collaborator. A collaborator means you get to be on their post or on their reel forever. And so it's, it'll say James McCabe and Jason the Roofer. A tag is just someone tags you, it doesn't show up on your feed. And you can choose to accept it and to post it to your story or just to let it go. If you tag me on something and I don't let it go 24 hours later, it's gone. Or you can tag me on a reel, but if I don't accept it, it doesn't even show that I'm on there. I didn't even know you could do that. Crazy, right? Like that, yeah. So um, I'm going to be teaching this in July at my event. Okay. Um, but that's that's the power of it. And so case in point, so from our event in January with Pace Morby, he did the whole um, chat GPT, artificial intelligence stuff. And they did an entire thing. He used it as a course, the whole 60 minutes. But he went over on Ed Milet's time. He apologized backwards. like, I'm so sorry. I went over. Because it was almost like 45 minutes. Yeah. He's like, I'm so sorry. In return, what he did is he invited us as a collaborator. 11 million views, like thousands and thousands of, for months. Like this is five months ago. We're still getting comments and shares wow. and stuff from something from months and months ago. Normally it's like you have a little, you know, three to five day window and it's kind of just dies unless it goes viral. Well, that went viral because he added us as a collaborator. And because he added us as a collaborator, we are now attached to Base Morby forever on that one post. So all the people that are seeing it, they're like, Pace Morby and, and this, at this point in time, it was Menace in Business. So what do people do? If Pace is affiliated with this person, I, I want to be affiliated with this person. It could be FOMO. It could be social status. It could be uh, an opportunity, right, for somebody. Plain curiosity. Yeah, like, who the crap is this dude? I do that all the time. And uh, with, you know, Sean Whalen or Aaron Wagner or Ed Milet, Bradley, so-and-so, or someone, you know, someone's on Bradley's podcast and they tag somebody. That's how I figure out who Wes Watson was. You know who Wes is? What's, oh, you'll, you'll all introduce him. He's insane. He's psycho. He's cool. But, um, Bradley did that and he, he invited Wes Watson as a collaborator. Well, I didn't know who Wes Watson was. So I click on it, start following him. And sure enough, he shows up on Ryan Stuman's freaking stage a week later. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like he's buddies with Brad. He knows Ryan Stuman. is like, I want to get to know this dude and his content's fire. It's going crazy. Yeah. So that being said, that's my side of things. I want to, for a couple minutes, I want to dig into your side of things of, you said you like disappear for a couple of years. Uh, Cause instead of like highlighting every freaking thing that you do, then we do something big. It's really not that cool or as, as the aha moment isn't as big. Yeah. But when you disappear for a couple of years and all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, what just happened? Like, where'd you come from? Yeah. Right. It's a, uh, it's huge. So not why did you do that? But what, what have you knew in the past couple of years? I, like I said, before we press record, I'm like, like, dude, I sold that thing a year and a half ago. I'm like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were doing the flooring game. So yeah. now that you're not doing the flooring game, what is, what is, tell me, talk, briefly walk me through you doing that to doing your real estate game and, and your funds and all that. What yeah. That well, like? I, I just was 
doing things as opportunities. I don't know if I ever felt like that's what I was supposed to be doing. But like if it made sense, like let's get after it. And sure. I'm a pretty big believer of, you know, I've still got a lot to learn. You know, and I've had some cool business partners that I've learned a lot from and, you know, those kind of things. But when I sold, I just took a couple steps back. What do I actually want to do? And I thought I wanted to like, you know, coach, but I like nice things too much. And so like coaching, you know, and if you want to make any money in it, then you need to go like to an elite level. And I didn't know if I really wanted to do that. Sure. And so I thought, oh, I'm just going to do something both. Like I'm going to go make money and coach on the side, like best of both worlds, right? Like I'm going to go create kind of a lifestyle business and, you know, get me to like where I think I want to be and then coach. Sure. Well, it was great. Like, so I thought in the moment, in the moment, and then we win a state championship and I'm sitting there, I'm the last person in the whole arena and I'm like, oh, I don't that, think this is it. Yeah. I don't think this is it. With like, fish. I don't think it was there. Yeah. I fish, love fish. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I remember the, I remember the cutout, the newspaper article that you posted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, all right, what do I actually want to do? And then, so I had to do like a little bit of searching, like, all right, who am I or who do I occur for myself to be? And this thing like kept coming back and forth. Like, I'm a connector. Like, I'm a connector. Like, I believe if what, you what need is, anything. What does that mean? Yeah, like, if you need something and you reach out to me for it, I truly believe I can make it happen. Like, whether that's a referral for a new roof or whatever. Like, oh, hey, I got a guy. You probably already know about him. But, <laughs> you know, but like, hey, I got a guy. Like, if you sure. need something, I honestly believe that I would have the ability. And it was almost like a game. Like, I looked at scenarios. I'd introduce business partners together. I'd help people put deals together. I'd done all this stuff. And it's like, all right, I'm a connector. Like, what do you, all right, there's the base floor, you know? And then I have a good friend, you know him. He's been on your stage before. His mm -hmm. name's Luke Vinard. And I just looked at what he was doing. And I was like, yeah, like Luke's a connector too. Like we've got something like we meshed together. Like I want to learn what he's doing and how he got there. And, you know, like you just looked at, try and create or provide value wherever you can, you know, to get people's time. And, you know, sure. Luke was great with that. We played basketball together for a lot of years. And, yeah, he was just really instrumental in helping me see what the worlds of funds were all about and mm. led me down a path. And I've always loved real estate. I've always done something in real estate. You know, my dad, uh, I was adopted. And so, like, early on, he, re he retired. Like, it was one of my, like, earliest memories. Like, my oldest sister went out to college. He converted her room into like his home office and he was just around and it was amazing. Well, I kind of like put the pieces together. He'd build up a rental portfolio mm. and it allowed him to have, you know, passive income and be around his family and be around the things that were important to him. He helped me buy my first rental property when I was 19, you know, That's like, nice. yeah, like he helped me start flipping cars. So in high school I was flipping cars and then, you know, uh, when I was 19, you know, I used that money to put my down payment on my first rental property. So I remember your white truck with the King curl sticker in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last of what I sold to get to, you know, to my down payment. One. Yeah. That yeah. was the last flip or the last that's, sell. That's funny. Um, Heidi Rose bought it. Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah. That's Small one, right. Another Heidi. Um, and yeah, I just, so real estate was there and then I learned about multifamily and you know, I just assumed real estate's real estate, right? Once I learned about multifamily, it's just not, it's not the same. I started to learn on, you know, 
the security of larger assets and that we're almost programmed to buy what we can afford. And most people will see these apartment complexes and think, all right, how much is that? I don't know. It's $13 million. I don't have $13 million. I can't buy it. And you start learning that, all right, but if I did, or how could I purchase it? You start asking kind of those, how can I questions? Like there's a way there's things like multifamily syndication. I just really became or engulfed. Who, who has 13 million that you can do? Yeah, up with? absolutely. Bring him a deal. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I started to learn on how the properties were valued. You know, they're valued based on performance, not comps. You know, if your neighbor, you know, fire sells a house to a buddy and gives them a discount, like what happens to your house? Like, yeah, your value is going to drop. You have no control over that. Right. In the multifamily space, like I have control. Like it's based off of, you know, how many tenants do I have? You know, you know, my occupancy rate and what am I getting in rents? Yeah, you know, that's a, it's, it's based on performance. Like, okay, so I've got some control, you know, non-recourse lending. You heard about a lot of people in the crash get smacked, right? Because what happened? Right. They missed out or got behind on one thing. And then the bank came calling for all the other things <laughs> to get made whole. And that sure. domino effect happened. Yeah, non-recourse lending in this multifamily space, it's like your risk is what you have into it investment-wise. You know, if it's a $10 million property, I put $3 million, that's my exposure, the $3 million. The bank knows what they have. If you stop paying on it, they just want the asset back. They know yeah, they're, they're going to be able to turn it and do what they want. They don't again. care about anything else. Sure. So it's like, all right, I'm a connector. I love this asset class. And so I just became obsessed with multifamily. You know, uh, two deals in the last week, you know, accepted LOIs on 48 units and 203 units and we're just moving. So I'm raising capital and looking to primarily acquire multifamily, you know, apartment complexes and, you know, putting together my first kind of, uh, I think I'd put it like in the VC side of things deal, you know, that we were talking about last night of buying into a company. But yeah, I, I believe there's a big power in raising capital and buying assets and helping people get to where they want via like a retire with dignity like you know that's the mission that i'm on now like let me help you you know there's a there's a in my opinion there's a more useful way to put your money to work until you're ready to retire and yeah. i'm looking to provide those solutions to people well grant cardone talks about that obviously the real estate i don't know if i want to call him the multifamily king but he's up there <laughs> <laughs> he's on the mount rushmore if he's not the king right yeah. oh yeah he's he's doing he's up there um he talked about that he said if you have four doors he told us I've been to all of his conferences. They'll go, if you have four doors and one doesn't pay the rent, what happens? You're in deep crap. Especially if you're, you know, you're buying a you know, half a million dollar house in, in Gilbert. You have four of them. Like, oh, cool. I got four of those. Cool. One of them doesn't pay the rent for the month. Well, you have to, you know, you're in, you can be in deep crap quickly, yeah. right? Especially if you don't have any reserves. Yeah. And uh, he said, well, if you have, I think is the base for him, he said minimum 16. Um, doors because if twenty if twenty five percent don't pay right four four don't pay you still have twelve other checks to compensate for the four that were lost and so I said minimum sixteen it was like oh people are like do you start a duplex or a fourplex and like same thing people people will do what they can afford so okay I'm gonna get my first duplex my first fourplex and yeah they don't think of like just jumping to a sixteen or a thirty two or a two hundred or whatever and he said thirty two you can have it be self managed like you can have somebody on site to for those 32 doors. So you're not getting the plumbing calls and all that kind of crap. Absolutely. He told me that time that years and years ago. It's yeah. like your first, in, but 32 unit, uh, you know, complex isn't, you know, a, a few hundred thousand dollars or even a few million dollars, right? It's, it's a couple of bucks. Yeah, could be. And, yeah. uh, right. Depending on, on location and everything, but it's, it's crazy. So James, um, small business owners, young hustlers, entrepreneurs, most of them making, uh, not netting, but grossing, you know, half a million to maybe two million ish, three million. 
Yeah. No, mo- most of them listening um, or just solopreneurs, right? You're doing their own thing and they want to, you know, do whatever. What advice would you give them in your 36 years on planet earth and in your, you know, since 19, so 17, 18 years of business, uh, what advice would you give them before I let you go? I wish I could remember who kind of planted the seed in my head to give them credit for it, but they, they sparked this concept and now it's a belief of mine that I believe that there is a big difference between being self-employed and being an entrepreneur. And I think that people get really confused in that. Like, no, it's my business. It's my name on it. Like I'm an entrepreneur. I started it. It's like, well, are you, you know, and I've come to define that self-employment means like you no longer have a boss, but you are employed by your business. Like if you don't show up, things don't happen, you know? And what I would encourage is people to get intentional on what they're looking to be. Are they looking to be self-employed? Are they looking to be an entrepreneur? And you speak a lot about, you know, working on your business and not in your business. Sure. I believe that there's a season the same way you've spoken about of being self-employed. Like you need to go and put in the hours and the time and the work to get it propped up. But sometimes, you know, I don't know if feel bad is the right word, but like wonder if that's what they really want because they get stuck in staying self-employed rather than being intentional about what they're up to. And so if I was giving intention, like or any advice to anyone, it's one, there's a million ways to make a million bucks and people have done it before so you can do it. Totally. What's your intention? Like, are you doing it so you don't have a boss anymore? You can create your own schedule, get a little bit of a pay increase. Like, you know, there's a little bit of risk reward with that, right? You're now in charge. Maybe some employees, you're responsible for their income. Or are you being intentional on what you're looking to create? And I think that when you can put intention behind it, then you're going to get to where you want. And one thing I'm pretty passionate about as well is that there is a different between difference between equity and ownership. And For sure. I think a lot of, and it's to the younger entrepreneurs or the younger people that are looking to get self-employed, is that they feel like, if I could just get a piece of equity, I can get a piece of equity. And I've seen too many people have equity that things didn't turn out the way that they wanted to. You know, so it doesn't mean that having an equity, you know, share in a business while you learn and grow and maybe, you know, for a season or whatever it may be, but, you know, protect yourself. You know, if you have equity and you don't have the right voting shares at some point, like that's not your business. I get it. Like you're a partner or an owner or whatever you want to put in it. But when it comes down to it, your 5% equity, like doesn't make you that. And so. What's your intention behind the equity? Is it, no, this is a great setup for me. I've got equity, which is an increase in pay. If I grow this thing, I'm going to get a piece of it. And that's great. Just know what it is. And if it doesn't align for you, then go create something. Go do something about it. Like right. go and you know start whatever you're looking to do. And those are the big things that I would, if I could get people starting out, is understanding the difference between being self-employed and being an entrepreneur and the difference between equity and ownership and, ownership and how that how that works. And when you understand those two, you can get real dangerous, you know, and, you know, the rest is get after it, put your head down, you know, like that's the, that's the biggest thing that I've seen. I've seen people that, you know, uh, the majority of people wouldn't, you know, deem as the talented one or like all these God-given gifts or whatever it may be just go out and crush business, you know? And I've seen people with a world of talent 
you know, not live up to it, you know? And so like what's in between that is I believe consistency and intention, you know, and if you can be intentional about what you want, like what is it I want? Stay committed to that. You know, a mentor and a business coach that he defines, you know, commitment as do whatever's necessary. I'm, you know, stay committed to your business, do whatever's necessary to get to where you're intended to go and good Mm -hmm. things can happen, man. Love it. Love it. All right, boys and girls. So James McCabe here, one of my good buddies. Anything real estate multifamily related, you want to pick his brain, hit him up on social media, send him a DM. Yeah. And uh, retirement accounts. That's the biggest thing that we do. Like if you're looking to get your money, you're not happy with the way your retirement accounts are forming in, you know, performing in the stock market and you're looking to get a fixed, you know, 10% return backed by the type of real estate we spoke about. That's our niche. That's what we're looking to help people do. Bingo. Cool. All right, guys, this is the Sexy Business Status Podcast. See you later. You're great.